Good morning, everyone. That was my pilot hosting of the new intro that I had produced for the show. I don't know if it aired or not. I've been trying my best to get the soundboard to work here at Colin. Good morning. I'm excited to talk to you today. There is a top story. And it looks like there's a whole lot of spying, a whole lot of spoofing going on. Um, there is Catalan and it looks like NSO group is back and never really went away with the whole Pegasus spyware technology. You know, it made a big splash, but then no one ever really did anything with it because it's an IP owned by the Israeli government. And they kind of, Hey, you want this software? It can spy on people for government. Want a spyware that spies on people for government? And the governments are like, mm, maybe, you know, we'll call you when we need something. And that's why we need export controls and stuff like that. Anyway, so Catalan, their opposition was spied upon quite, quite awfully. They were pried into pretty badly. Um, top Citizen Lab got a hold of the stuff. Did their did their audit and just made some pretty big discoveries. In those days, your device was infected. They took control of it and were probably on it for some hours, downloading, listening, recording, probing, invading, advanced persistent threat. Oh, it was terrible. They knew all your stuff. They knew all your business. And, oh, that is such a travesty. And the online world, they call that being owned. Oh, and it is so awful. So, um, you know, I invite you to come on and, and discuss any of these, these new developments. Also, the biggest news ever was Elon Musk, his big sweeping takeover of Twitter you know, threatening to expose your algorithm. You know, when, when people who work in technology talk about exposing an algorithm, that has real meaning. That's like, that's no light threat. He's not making kind of like a naive, you know, outsider's bid to, you know, show us the algorithm, show us, show us. You know, it's not like that. It's it's Elon Musk saying, you know, I will, I will, your entire organization and the IP that built this place. If you don't straighten up and fly right. Oh, that's my control room producer, Sophie. She wants to come in. Sorry, Sophie. Now you can be a bug in my ear. All right. Uh, so I had Johnny the Dawn booked for today to talk about her experience being shadow banned, which is a problem at Twitter. Twitter is kind of legendary for kind of being the petty tyrant of American speech online. I do have Twitter, but I keep the, the follower count deliberately low so that I can stay on there because I'm such a rabble person. And, uh, you know, being shadow banned is basically uh, a troll army, you know, kind of equipped with some kind of mission to like make sure that you are not seen you're hidden hidden from 
the allowable accounts that can be seen or, or to interact with others. And it does happen because the bots are kind of configured to do so. Who is configuring the bots? How do the bots gain this much, much control over an external platform? End up getting to do this with the consent of the platform. How do they, you know, all of these things are known issues, but I think that a lot of the platforms don't either don't care. They're sometimes in on it. And then sometimes they're kind of victims by it. Obviously, you know, you look at it, the Pegasus situation, you know, I don't think that's a case where the, the tech companies were really necessarily in the driver's seat. It's the same type of idea because spyware functions the same way. Uh, it basically spiders the entire network. looks for everything that matches, you know, their target you know, threat, you know, what they're gunning for. And then it just kind of takes it down. So the bots are employable by the website. So if you know what you're doing, you can game the bots. And so there are other people who are aware. These are political trolls that know that they don't want certain accounts to speak. And so they will pull down and they will cancel the accounts or, or have them pull down off, off of the, uh, social scene for not, you know, not doing what they want, not being what they want, not promoting their agenda. And there are a lot of political agendas out there. There just are. So I got TJ with me this morning. Hi, TJ. Um, if you have something to say, I'd, I'd urge you to call in, you know, we, we can talk about it. Um, so Shadow banning is a practice that's been kind of used for political purposes across the board. All sorts of people are complaining about being marginalized. All sorts of people. The people who are most whiny and have the biggest platform to talk about are probably Republicans. And, you know, they do have a grievance to, to nurse. But there, there are lots of other people who are, you know, lesser known and that sort of thing that do get, they do get maced or kind of pushed off of platforms for not saying and doing and being what the other one wants. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I guess a best practice would be to, if you were pro free speech and pro democracy would be to support voices that are civil, but also represent, you know, the outsized agency of those groups. So someone qualified from that, but you can't always get that in a free speech arena because people are entitled to speak. And, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's so many, you know, top cats in these, these upper echelons who want to determine who may speak. Well, in a government's platform, like when, when governments call their experts and the people who are representing, maybe they represent a, a government. Sometimes they're totalitarian, so they don't really care what the guy who's making, who's making bread gives, 
gives a crap about, you know, their public political science. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care about what that guy thinks. They don't care about the guy pumping the gas or, you know, making his salad. You know, they, they don't really care. So they, they just say what they want. And so there's a lot of people who are, who are at the top who are kind of saying what they want and then kind of, kind of discounting, not including the representative government of the people who are governed. And that isn't really democracy. It's a different type of government. Um, it's autocratic in nature. But it's not, it's not a representative government. So when we're thinking about democracy, that's where there is a representative government involved. And when you have representative government involved, there's, okay, there's constituents who speak to their, their, their elected appointed leader who is supposed to represent their interests. And so in this democratic stew, they're competing, competing voices and competing agendas. Uh, I'll give you an example here in Texas politics. Um, you know, the, no one on the other side can, can do anything right. Like, you know, if they're, if they're getting ahead, if they're, if they're getting some sort of power from, from their action, from their personal action, then the, then the other side has to make them look bad. They have to sabotage them. They have to um, make sure that they look like they're inefficient or somehow they are a clod or incompetent. So that's the, <coughs> that's the game. That's the political game. It's like, I'm going to white poop on you. Uh, and everybody's like, oh my God, stink. I'm going to go... That's what a smear job is. That's what it is. So in, in politics, that happens all the time. Shadow banning is one way to do such thing. It is a, it's an indirect smear job. It takes you out of queue and says, you shall not be a voice in this situation. We're just going to stuff a sock in your mouth and put you in the closet. And, you know, you don't even know that it happens. And that's, that's part of the problem with online everything anyway. Um, you know, the always-on environment has this, this special problem of spying on you without you really seeing it or feeling it or understanding it th that it's happening until afterwards and you're all exposed. Uh, and then you, then you don't feel very good. And then there is this problem of also being censored and not being aware of it, which is also kind of a, a bad problem. And um, so, you know, I would say that, that this uh, New York Times story, why democracies spy or how, how they spy on their own citizens you know, they do use companies to spy on their own citizens, but when they're not using companies to spy on their own citizens, the companies are kind of left out of the loop and they're like, ah, we're being used. So there is kind of a weird fulcrum, right? You know, there's times when, when they are being muscled 
into doing things that are anti-democratic. I'll give you an example. Like, because COVID is under an emergency rule, there's some really autocratic things happening with communications concerning medicine and medical information that goes on outline out online. Sorry, excuse me. And so the messaging, you know, they, they want to control all of the messaging. <laughs> you cannot say anything that, that isn't what the CDC wants. Well, you know, who, do I get a vote and whether or not the CDC uh, is going to acknowledge human acquired immunity? When are you guys going to start recognizing human acquired immunity to this disease so that we can kind of paddle our way out to normalcy? And unfortunately, there was no consensus to do this in every other, you know, pandemic panel. There are studies, they study the, the immune response to the disease and they don't make it a moving goalpost. Human immunity isn't a, isn't necessarily a moving goalpost. Like you either have it or you don't. There are immunogens present in the blood when you get a disease and then you overcome it. Viral diseases. And this is basic, you know, biology 101 when they tell you about diseases and how you uh how you overcome them. You know, it's not not common knowledge. Like people know how you overcome a disease. You get sick. Uh, you know, you're down for a time. Your body starts to fight it. You manufacture T cells and an immune response, and then you get over it. That's how most people overcome colds and flus most times. And for a lot of people, this was a mild flu. It was, I'm over it. And then a bunch of people died. So it was super deadly for some people and then not deadly at all for others. So, uh, but then this was also kind of a numbers and data game where the data was kind of misattributed for insurance reasons. That's something we discovered that came out in the wash. They misattributed the deaths and numbers so that there would be more insurance paperwork flying around to get that COVID money. And when the COVID money came in, then the numbers looked really goosed for, for those sorts of things. So COVID's making this SA2 Omicron. It's not even COVID. It went from COVID to, you know, the lesser, lesser evil of Omicron. And then it went to, to, uh, where did it go to? It went to SA2. So all of the, the communication around this medical information was, was kettled by the State Department. And the State Department was in charge, you know, with the messaging for the CDC. And I think it's pretty probable, it's, it's most likely that they said, hey, you know, Mr. Social Media, you better cooperate with us. And, and most of them just would do it anyway, okay? They just would do it anyway. But in the event that they had to go hard, what do you think that they would leverage against the tech companies if the State Department had messaging that they didn't want to carry? 
Like on a public platform like Twitter, the State Department can say whatever it wants. It's got its own Twitter account, but if they really want to control the public messaging, well, that's an entirely different story. Like if they wanted to stop you from expressing your own ideas or asking questions or talking to other medical leaders in the field about maybe acquired immunity. Is that happening? Are we getting the studies? Where is the data? Can I get it from Israel? Can I get it from Sweden? Where can I get it? Why isn't it going to the US? You know, those are the kinds of questions that they would ask. So if they wanted to control the dialogue, control the narrative, control the debate, then they would go to Twitter and say, okay, I need you to shadow ban anybody who's asking, saying, talking, believing, declaring any of these things, okay? It's got to be CDC or bust, and I don't care if it's laundered talking points from Beijing today, but it's CDC or bust, and those talking points are, are moot. We're, we're going to just pull them down, okay? And if you don't do it, Twitter or social media output, uh, we're going to yank visas. That's how the State Department rolls, and how that impacts... Uh, a business like Twitter, who's reliant on foreign labor with visas and external visas, they would just say, we will yank those visas and we will kick your talent out of the country. <laughs> we'll send them back. And uh, I think that that's, that's really unfair, but I think that that's the stick and carrot that the State Department would use in the event that they are trying to control a global pandemic. Um, plus, they've stepped up their their motions to to monitor and evaluate AI. What do you think an algorithm is? It's an artificial intelligence. An algorithm is, you know, a bot chain. You know, that's what an algorithm is. So um, I see Charlie's in here. Charlie, would you like to, to call in to, to speak up, you know, about any of this? Clarify? We had TJ in here for a little bit, and then he left. Maybe he wasn't interested in the uh, conversation, but anyways, so shadow banning does exist. It is a known issue. Um, people will participate in a platform and never get seen, never get heard, because they're being shadow banned. <laughs> and... Uh, to discover that you're being shadow banned is one thing. So I, I had Donnie come on or I wanted her to come on. We talked about it, but she had to go do something else. And I think she overbooked. It's not really clear at this point. She just couldn't make the date. That's, that's what happened. And, but she did have a shadow band experience where she lost a bunch of followers and then she kind of reconned a lot of it. So I was interested in her story and we were on the constitutionalist talking about it. And, you know, it would have been good to hear from her about that. I've also contacted a couple other people on the platform, trying to get them to come out and discuss their experiences about this. Um, but the top story really today is about how these these bots and spyware, it's all the same type of group of organized algorithms that are kind of trolling and spying and that sort of thing. A lot of people really feel kind of helpless about it. So, you know, if anybody wants to call in and talk about the kind of self-destructive behavior that's going on with, with our government, 
So I'm going to move on to Elon Musk. And so the Washington Post had this, this idea that Elon Musk wants Twitter's algorithm to be public. And, you know, he's joined a salon of social conservatives. Let's just, let's just make it transparent. It's, it's totally clear that he's gone social conservative for political reasons um, because you can, you can go one way or the other at this point, you know, Trump's not necessarily a social conservative, but he had to woo that crowd in order to get um, political influence with the Republican party. You know, there's full of social conservatives and in social conservative click is a bunch of people who say outrageous things and they're outrageous to people whom they appear outrageous to. Sometimes those things are outrageous. Sometimes they're not. Um, it just depends on who's speaking. Now, he's joined a salon of political and social conservatives. He moved to Texas and then decided that he's going to, you know, promote, you know, vociferous baby making. You know that 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 makes social conservatives really really happy. Like they want they want lots and lots of human infants, you know, regardless of the human cost, regardless of how many lives are completely wrecked as a, as a result of, you know, arcane baby making, just, just make them just make a lot of children. And I say to you like, okay, blah, you know, that's, that's really a tough one. You know, it's not, it's not going to affect everyone equally. Can't always control how babies are made. You can't always control whose babies are being made. You can't control the race of the babies that are being made. And so that there becomes all of these like tiers of social complex within their little construct. You know, they just kind of beat themselves over the head. They're like, well, we want this, but we don't want this. And, you know, it, so it, it's kind of crazy making at the end of the day, but he decided to engage social conservatism. I bucked it out like years and years ago. They make me nuts. They make me absolutely insane. It's not because I'm a, I'm, you know, necessarily a liberal, but because they want things that are just impossible. They, it's impossible. <laughs> Word that's completely impossible. You know, they're like, well, today we're going to defer to the Catholics and we're going to say like, make a bunch of babies. And, but you know, we're going to ignore the fact that the Catholic church doesn't use, you know, condoms and they're anti-condom and, you know, but even though gay people could make really good parents and that sort of thing, you know, they, they don't want gay people to be parents, but you know, they're, they're going to carry their water today because we need Catholics today. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just do that. And then they put Catholics in a box over here, you know, it's like throw something so that they'll, they'll look, look away and then they'll cater to somebody else. But they, they just, you know, they just want votes. These are vote grubby people. You know, they're trying to get influence any way they can. And so they, they never want to not have access or influence to a certain group. So they always yelp the loudest when they're like, I've been cut off. I can't see you. I can't be seen. Right. And I'm, I would say that, that there's a lot of leftists who believe that they are, they're being marginalized when they're not, or to be marginalized is, is a way to get a flag. It's a way to get, you know, more attention. Hey, I'm being victimized, you know? 
So, but they do the same thing. The conservatives do the exact same thing. So you don't have to be a political science to know that, you know, there's gamesmanship happening and that both science, both political sciences understand this and they both use shadow banning for the practice of, you know, sabotaging their other team and uh, capture the flag in order to, to get their message out. They're always competing. There's a lot of rough housing, but I how to regulate the tech that belongs to somebody else is an entirely different issue. This isn't their tech. They fight about other people's technology all day long, but how to control other people's technology and other people's inventions all day long. And if I, if I wanted to couch it, you know, just from a speaking standpoint, I would say, look at the debate over encryption and encryption technologies and the FBI. You know, they have a, you know, the only people who, who use encryption are, are child molesters. They're like, no, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. It's, it's people who didn't. And people who are trying to figure out to, you know, escape Pegasus NSO. Okay, so, Sophie, I know, three minutes. I know that's, you're calling it. I'm getting a red light from my cat. Anyways. <laughs> so I got, I got to wrap it up. There's a lot of political opportunism that, that goes into to shadow banning. And so while I've, I've sat here and I've talked, you know, with myself for myself, with Charlie and like two other people, um, I just want you to know that if Twitter's algorithm is made public, that would destroy kind of the IP of the company. And so there, there's other ways to do this, that you can go into a legal room and arbitrate. And arbitration is not a dirty word when when problem solving can be done. Thank you, Sophie. And um, and so with that, I'm gonna I'm just gonna make, call it a wrap. I'm gonna wrap it up. But I appreciate you guys listening to me. It ended up being kind of a monologue. Um, we'll try to get a guest on next week. <laughs> um, I hope I wasn't shadow banned during this show. But, you know, you're listening to The Unsanctioned Citizen. If you have comments or if you'd like to, to send us in any kind of email, uh, go ahead and use the platform email, um, especially if you want to be a guest on the show. With that, I'm just going to go ahead and try to air the outro. And thank you for joining. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast Archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio Podcasts, and Call-In. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.